This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast and happy Friday. As I always say, today is going to be the last episode of the season, which is a little bit bittersweet. It's always nice to take a little break and regroup and make the show even better for you guys, but it's also a little sad because I'm really into podcasting right now. Like I've really, really been loving podcasting and I feel like we've been just kind of like grooving together. You know what I mean? I feel like people have been liking what I've been putting out and that always makes me really happy. So I want to let you know that the hiatus I'll be taking will not be too, too long. Um, It's actually going to be my one-year anniversary of the Freelance Friday podcast on January 26th, so I'm really hoping to be up and running for season three by then, um, hopefully a little bit sooner, and honestly, I hope that you guys don't really realize that I'm gone because I do plan to recycle some content and just maybe post like some mini-sodes and like some quick bite-sized pieces of content while I'm gone, Um, just really taking a break to kind of develop the strategy and get more interviews and things like that. So anyway, that's kind of my announcement for season three. Definitely keep up with me on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube. I am vlogging for Vlogmas. I'm not vlogging every day, but I'm vlogging quite a bit uh, over at ajourneyeast.tv, or you can search my name on YouTube, Latasha James. You can find me there, so we can definitely stay in touch and, you know, let me know if you guys have suggestions for season three, what you guys want to hear, who you want me to interview, all of that stuff. Um, and then last bit of housekeeping before I get into today's episode, which is a very highly requested, quite juicy topic. Um, I just wanted to remind you guys, in case you did not listen to the last podcast episode, the interview slash chat with my friend Ryan. We are putting on our very first workshop on January 13th, so I really hope that some of you guys can come. It will be at New Order Coffee in Detroit, and we'll be doing a session all about personal branding, and not only that, but we'll also be doing headshots, so you'll get three high-quality headshots in a very beautiful, amazing space to use however you'd like on your website, on your socials, whatever it is. you'll get those as well as a free drink from New Order. So it'll be a really great time. And one thing that I forgot to mention in our episode together is that we are capping attendees, so tickets are very limited. So definitely head over to notablebranding.com or I will leave a link in the show notes as I always do for the Facebook event and for the ticket page. Definitely go ahead and um, sign up, purchase your ticket now so that they don't sell out. And I know one thing that some of you guys did mention to me is that you weren't totally sure which workshop you were able to attend because there's different times, um, different time slots. So what I'd recommend in that situation is to purchase the one that you think is going to be best for you. And if you need to change your time 
you know, as it gets closer to the date, that's not a big deal at all. Just shoot us an email, shoot me an email or an Instagram DM, and I will be sure to fit you in. Uh, don't let that hold you back from, from registering. So anyway, that's kind of what I have going on. And I'll be back for season three soon. But today's episode, as I said, is very highly requested. I get this question more and more, and it's something that I've been struggling with more and more, and that is proving social media ROI. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James, and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh-so-rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. Okay, so I'm gonna kind of drop my mic here and you guys are going to be a little shook, I think, to start at the episode. But to start things out, I want to say, I don't know if I'm a social media manager anymore. (laughs) Just keeping it real. I have been a social media manager or a social media strategist or social media analyst or something like that social media consultant. That's kind of what I've called myself for the past several years that I've run my business and, and, and not in my business too, in, in my work in the corporate world as well. You know, that's kind of always been my title, but over the past, I don't know, like definitely this year has been hugely eye-opening for me lately and my role has been really, really expanding and I have started to refer to myself as a little bit more of a broad, um, title, if you will, not so much a social media manager. I've been calling myself a digital strategist, a consultant, um, something like that. So let me explain why I've been doing that and why you guys don't need to panic. I'm not saying that social media managers are not no longer needed or anything like that. I want to unpack what I'm saying here. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm going to do in today's episode. Okay, so it really all ties into this whole ROI conversation. Um, More and more, my clients are asking for true proof of, you know, what they're, what they're getting out of hiring a social media manager and not just me and what they're paying me, but what they're getting out of investing in social in general. Why am I paying for these ads? Why am I paying for these photos? What am I doing? Um, why am I spending my time posting? All that kind of stuff. ROI stands for return on investment. So it makes sense. It's only logical if a business owner, you know, if a client of mine, client of yours spends on ads, they want to make sure that they at least get $100 back, you know, that they probably get quite a bit more back. That's just how business works. It's all about maximizing your return. And so I think in the beginning of the social media days, people were just kind of happy seeing something up. Like it was like, oh, cool. Like we have the Facebook, you know, we have some Instagram pictures going like we're content. We, We didn't have this before. So this is awesome. But after a while, people are going to start asking, well, what is it really doing for me and my business and me and my bottom line? And this is a totally reasonable ask. And I think that social media, we're, we're kind of coming out of that like honeymoon phase of social media where we are just kind of blinded by all the pretty pictures and the funny captions. And we're like, okay, but what does this mean for business? So, you know, I came to the realization 
over the past year or two, um, I really have always done more for my clients than just social media. And I prefer it that way because I'm really able to ensure or do my very, very best to make sure that they're getting a good return for their investment, not just for like social ads and stuff, but also for me, for what they're paying for me. And I realized when I took a client that I really didn't have that kind of ownership. Like I wasn't able to do things other than just manage their social media profiles. I realized how hard it is to prove ROI without having input on all of their digital properties. So here's what I mean by that. Without having input on you know, what a landing page looks like or what the brand messaging is or what the tone and voice is or being able to see the analytics or being able to go into the back end of the website and connect a pixel or an analytics code. Um, website design, you know, if the website design is bad, uh, if the photography is bad, you can't move mountains by posting a couple social media posts, right? Like, if you're sending a social media ad or a social media post over to a website where somebody is expected to check out and buy something or register for an event, but the web design is terrible, the experience is horrible, it's not mobile optimized, it, it doesn't have the proper calls to action on the page, you're going to lose a sale. And to some people, they might say, oh, well, that social media campaign was a failure because you, you you were supposed to bring them from social media to the checkout page and you didn't do that. Well, the reason you didn't do that is because there was a broken experience because the middleman kind of experience was bad. And I've been realizing this more and more and more, you know, I'll do everything that I can do on my end. And then somewhere along the line, the, the ball gets dropped. And I think this is why it's really important to take a consultative approach and to, if you can, if you're able, if you're interested, if you're willing to take on a little bit more than just posting social media posts. So a few other things that I've kind of expanded to do recently for the sake of proving social ROI is I've been doing landing pages and website designs. So if a client, you know, like I said, wants to sell tickets to an event or wants to sell a product or a course or service, um, and they're asking me to sell it just on social, like they were like, let's just do this on Instagram. I'll be like, no, <laughs> let's build you a web page or let's build you a landing page at the very least. Analytics is huge. Um, Google Analytics, being able to install that, being able to install the Facebook Pixel. The Facebook Pixel, you guys, has honestly changed my life. <laughs> so dramatic, but it's changed the, the way that I advertise on Facebook. And if you haven't checked out the free Facebook Blueprint course, I highly recommend it. I'm going to have it linked in the show notes, um, but it'll teach you everything you need to know. It's just basically a piece of code that you put into a website and you're able to retarget and get advanced analytics and things like that through Facebook. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And again, I'm not saying that social media managers are, are an unnecessary thing, but I do think that we need to start thinking big picture and start analyzing everything that we're doing and everything that our efforts are touching. Maybe you're not taking control of those things, but you need to be clear to your clients, you know, when you meet with them at the outset that you need to be able to at least talk to those people. I mean, I, I remember clients that I've had where I didn't even talk to their uh, web, webmaster. I didn't even know who it was. So if I needed something changed on the website, it was like pulling teeth. I had to wait like weeks before I could get changed because I didn't have their email address or, you know, I didn't know who they were or how they operated. So 
I think having those conversations with your client and letting them know, hey, like if we're going to build a bunch of ad campaigns, I need to know who your, your webmaster is or I need access to your WordPress site or your Squarespace site or whatever it is. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing. Uh, and, and that's been working out, you know, I, I think when you have access to all of those different things, you're able to prove ROI because you have that full path. You have the full analytics. You can see from point A to point Z, um, you really have your hands kind of in everything and you have control over everything so that, or at least input on everything. So if you're running an ad and you're seeing that the web, you know, people are clicking over to the landing page, but they're not purchasing. Okay. Well, something's probably wrong with the landing page. So tweak the copy tweak the image, um, try moving the buttons to a different area, that kind of thing. So what happens if you don't have the skill set, you don't have the interest, you don't have the time, or your client isn't willing to give you kind of the keys to their website or their analytics or anything like that? That's where you run into this kind of social media ROI problem that a lot of us have or have had. So I get messages all the time that say something like this. They'll say, you know, hey, Latasha, I got this client, everything was going well. And then after month two, they started demanding analytics. I didn't have them and, you know, or I gave them what I had, but they, I wasn't able to prove how many sales or how many clients that they got out of this. And so they canceled on me. And I hate hearing this, but at the same time, it is such a real thing and it's such a, you know, common thing. So I don't want you to feel bad about it, but hopefully this episode will help you guys combat that a bit. So like I said, you know, ideal situation is kind of to be able to get access to all those things because you can, in most cases, see, you know, number of sales. If you have your Google uh, Analytics and your Facebook Pixel set up right, you should be able to see all those numbers all the way through. But if you don't have that, here's what you need. And even if you do have that, you also need this. You need clear objectives from the outset. I cannot say this enough times. I think that this is the answer to a lot of problems and a lot of miscommunication with this type of work. You need to sit down with your client and say, hey, what are your business goals for the next six months or however long you guys are working together? And then you, it's your job as the social strategist, the digital marketer, the social media manager, whatever you call yourself, it's your job to take those business goals and align them to social media goals. So you have a big objective, like let's say um, raise awareness about our new store. Let's say a boutique is opening up in, I don't know, Kansas City, and they really just want eyeballs on their store. You know, they want press to write about them. They want influencers to be liking their things. They just want people to be aware that they exist in the market. That's their number one objective. So from that objective, you're going to go ahead and make social media goals. And I don't think I've done an episode on SMART goals, but I know that in my online course, A Journey Social, which is all about, you know, freelance social media management, you can use the code FREEFRYPOD for 20% off. I'll have the link in the show notes or just go to ajourneys.com slash course. Soft plug. (laughs) Not a soft plug, but a plug. Um, Anyway, in that course, I do go over how to set SMART goals. And SMART is an acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, uh, relevant, and timely. So you want to set goals based on those criteria and based on the objective. So let's just say, for example, you know, they want bigger social media reach. They want awareness. So your goal is going to be to let's say, uh, connect with five influencers per week and invite them into the shop. And um, you'll also 
just increase their page mentions and page followers. So those are what you call engagement metrics. So, well, I mean, the influencer piece is an influencer marketing piece. So that's a little bit different. We'll talk about that in a second. But things like followers, things like engagement, things like number of mentions, those are engagement metrics. So what engagement metrics are good for proving is basically proving buzz, proving conversation, proving interest in a product or a service or a brand. So it's not going to necessarily tell you amount of sales. It's not going to tell you how successful, quote unquote, successful your campaign was because at the end of the day, let's face it, we all know people and accounts and businesses that we engage with all the time that we just like their posts, but we haven't purchased from ever. Or maybe we haven't purchased from at least in the last six months. So it's not necessarily a measure of you know, of conversion, but it is a metric that you're going to want to share if your client wants something like buzz and awareness and, you know, popularity, basically. So if you do want to prove sales, which let's be honest, I think most of our clients want to prove more money. I mean, that's like the name of the game. Again, it's business. Um, You know, without having access to their website to install the pixel and things like that, uh, your best bet, well, is going to be to hopefully have their webmaster install the pixel so you can get down to that number. But if you still like, if that's just not an option, the best thing that you can do is report on number of clicks. So again, you're not going to be telling the full story because I know that I've done that. I've clicked over from a Facebook ad to a checkout page and I haven't actually checked out, but that is going to be your most reliable metric. Um, besides just anecdotal data, um, if you do not have any type of advanced analytics tool set up, it's going to be clicks. Um, if they want to improve something like customer service, then I would look at average response time. So you should be able to see this within you know, your Facebook Messenger. Uh, you might just need to do some manual calculations for other platforms or Uh, things like that. But that's a huge metric if customers are coming to their Facebook page and they're not getting help. I mean, that only makes me more frustrated. I don't know about you guys. So response time is a big one. And another one is reviews. So Facebook allows you to set up reviews on your Facebook page. So you'll want to monitor those and kind of see, are they improving? Are they saying nicer things? Are we getting more of them? Are we getting hopefully more positive ones? Are we responding to those reviews? And seeing if there's anything additional that we can do to help if we get a complaint or even if we get something, you know, a positive piece of feedback. So those are some metrics and some numbers and some, some you know, data that you'll want to capture if that's a big goal of theirs, if customer service is a big goal of theirs. Um, something like PR, like a crisis, you know, let's say that there's a, a faulty product that they released last year and they're kind of trying to recover and reaffirm that they are a safe brand, that they're a reliable brand and, you know, that people should feel safe with them. So again, you'll probably want to report on some of those engagement metrics just to see how people are responding to your posts. You can also get sentiment analysis through some listening tools so you can see if the conversation around your brand is positive or negative and how it's improving over a period of time. And you can also, you know, reviews and things like that will also help. So the influencer piece, let's take it back a bit. I think this is another way that I've encourage people to get some social media ROI if they do not have all the kind of back-end hookups. 
And that is, um, well, I guess influencer, this influencer example is kind of a hybrid because influencer marketing is just good for buzz and good for PR. But, uh, you know, one thing that you could do is give the influencers a code, like a checkout code. Let's say that this, you know, store in Kansas City does e-commerce as well. So you could maybe offer each influencer, you know, a $20 gift card or whatever it is that you and your client have budget for, and then also offer the influencer a code that they can share with their audience. So what that code is gonna do is obviously, it's gonna help hopefully generate some sales because who doesn't love a discount from an influencer especially? But not only that, but it's also gonna allow you to track uh, sales from your efforts and the influencer's efforts um, without using like any types of back-end tools. So if 20 people purchased from the boutique that week and they use the influencer code to get 20% off or whatever it is, well, you know that you at least had an ROI of whatever it is those total sales amounted to. So let's say each, um, what did I say, 20 sales, each, each, um, each purchase, each of those 20 purchases was $100. So that's $2,000. And then you're going to take that $2,000 number and subtract it from whatever it is the influencer cost and whatever it is, you know, the tools cost and maybe your salary or your, not salary, but your payment to your, your fees cost. And that's going to be your return on investment. So let's say after all of those subtractions, they're left with $500. You know, maybe you cost $1,500 a week, influencer, whatever. <laughs> I can't math. You know what I'm saying? You and the influencer and all that stuff cost $15 a week or so then they made $500 off of that interaction essentially. And that's how you can start to attribute that to social. You really can take out the influencer from that too. I always recommend people do some type of social media discount code. Even I do this for myself. Like in the podcast, you know, I have my courses are 20% off with the code FreeFryPod. That's kind of a manual conversion tracking for me because I actually, you know, I don't use tracking links, which is a little silly, but I don't think I really need to um, for my show notes and all that. And, but when I see a sale come through for my courses and I see that you guys, you know, when you guys use the code free fry pod, I know, okay, my podcast is converting at least at a rate of, you know, however many per week, per month, whatever. So that tells me, Hey, this is still working. So I'm going to keep the code on. I'm going to keep, you know, mentioning my course when appropriate and when it makes sense for my audience, that kind of thing. So it just helps you understand when to use things, how things are working, and it helps you attribute to social. So those are the metrics that you should really be reporting on for social. I think we get into the mistake a lot of times of just like reporting on everything or reporting on likes and followers. And you know what? I do not care. I do not even talk to my my clients about their followers unless that's specifically something they want to know. Or like I said, they are kind of more of an awareness client where they're really trying to grow and they're trying to kind of um, establish themselves as like thought leaders or, um, you know, just get known in the space, I really don't even mention followers because it's really not relevant. You can have 500 followers or you can have 5,000 or 500,000 and have the same results based on, you know, whatever, you know, a, a number of things, right? The web experience, the social experience, the copywriting, the photography. Um, so it really, really just depends. And I want to report on results as much as I can. Results meaning whichever metrics are most important to that campaign, to that initiative, to the objectives overall. So that's how I prove social ROI. Um, You know, overall, again, I just want to stress, like, there's nothing wrong with being a social media manager. In fact, you know, I love it. That's what I do. But I do encourage you guys to 
you know, just open yourselves up a little bit to other avenues and other ways that you can help your clients, whether it is just doing web design, building landing pages. I just facilitated a really cool project for me because I'm actually not a designer. I do not even really know how to use Photoshop that well anymore, but I just was the middleman. So I have built a team of people who are really good at things and I can leverage them whenever I need them. And so I was able to oversee this logo design project for a client who actually originally came to me for social media management. And, you know, over time, we've actually worked on this whole kind of rebrand for her, which has been awesome because it's what it's what we needed. You know, like there's only so much that I can do from a social perspective until you know, uh, you have kind of your brand in order and you have your website in order and all of that. So I think not only is it an opportunity, of course, for you to upsell, but that's not at all what this episode is about. It's really about helping your clients because, you know, if you don't get the stuff figured out, they're going to leave. So it doesn't really matter. Like there's not going to be anything to upsell after they realize that they're not seeing success. So I really want my clients to see success. So I think it's up to us to really spell things out for them and and explain to them that I'm not just trying to upsell you. I'm not just trying to get more money out of you. This is why we need to start at a logo or start at a website or start at a landing page and then move into social media management. Or, you know, obviously you can do social media management while you're working on those things, but this to, to get true success and to really see conversions happen, we need to do XYZ first. And um, I think explaining that value to people, I think they really appreciate it. I think it can be scary sometimes if maybe they have a very small budget and you're explaining that you need to do like 10 things before you can even get to the thing that they came to you for at first. But um, I think it's worth it. And I think that my clients have really appreciated it. So that's it. That's all I have for this episode. I hope that it was helpful. I hope it explained a little bit about what metrics I report for, for which campaigns and what I've been doing to better serve my clients. And again, I hope to see you guys at my workshop on January 13th. You can go to notablebranding.com and sign up for that. I'm so excited to share with you guys some information about personal branding and take some pictures of you guys and also drink coffee with you guys and and take pics with you guys. (laughs) So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and I'll be back for season three very soon. In the meantime, be sure to join me on my socials and get brushed up on my courses, get brushed up on the Facebook blueprint course, and let's make some cool stuff happen in season three. Thanks guys. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.